Okay, I think we're going to go ahead and get started. Maybe people will trickle in. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and get started. Maybe people will keep coming in and we can, yeah, fill in a little bit, but good morning. Ooh. I'm Amanda, for those of you who don't know. Um, I get to talk through Chapter 10, Engaging Relationships, um, which is interesting for me because it's about, um, like, when things are broken a little bit in the body, and that is not my strong suit. I am so afraid of that kind of thing. So this has been really good and very stretching for me, and I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. Um, but let's go ahead and open up with prayer, and then we can get started. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful morning and this chance to be together. Lord, I just ask that you calm my heart and everybody's hearts, help distractions to melt away. And Lord, let us just learn how to um, handle emotions in a way that makes you happy and makes you smile. And let all that we do, Lord, just, just be glorifying to you. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So the last time I was up here, I was covering chapter five, and I think I used the word excited like 15 times <laughs> because it was exciting to me. I like to talk about like the super cool ways God uses to connect us to each other. Um, and then I got to talk about the command to love each other well, like that's just a fun, exciting thing to do. Um, I got to talk through the analogy of 1 Corinthians 12, where we are a body and we have a God-given obligation to care for each other well. And um, we feel for our brothers and sisters just like we would if it was our own body. Um, and if you remember in Romans, Paul wrote that being knit together in love just means we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. So that's all fun and very exciting. It's amazing. We get to be a part of Christ's holy body with him at the head. Um, I don't know. It's the feeling of belonging and love and being supported. I just think being a part of his body is like a big chunk of God's grace here on earth and like a foretaste of heaven. It's just exciting. But I'm going to go from that to this chapter because we are riddled with sin, unfortunately. Um, sin that has ultimately been paid for at the cross in full. Um, praise God, but we still struggle every day in overcoming it. So the point of this chapter is that emotions can be a barrier to connection within the body, and this helps us know what to do when that happens. Um, the book tells the story of Roger and Jean. I don't know if you guys have read it. If not, that's fine. I'll just tell you about it. It's a couple in the car, and they're running late. So... I don't know, like just saying that, like I know I've been there, like my shoulders are tensing up already. Just You get the feeling, right, when a couple is in a car and they're running late. Um, not that it happened this morning or anything, it's totally fine. Um, anyway, Roger, not Chris, Roger, no this really is from the book, Roger is frustrated at being late. 
he starts driving fast and recklessly. Jean is like freaking out. She starts backseat driving and yelling at him. Roger snaps back, blames her for their lateness. You understand the scene, right? We've maybe been there. Um, so this is a book on emotions. There's a lot of emotions swirling around in the car at the moment. Um, the problem for them is they are very aware of their own emotions, um, not understanding the others, or they do and they don't care. Um, it's a tense moment. They're still members of the same body of Christ, right? Um, but there is definitely, I don't know, a schism at the moment, right? Um, and maybe it's not just a verbal spar with your spouse. Maybe it's a disagreement with your children. Maybe it's one-sided. Someone hurt your feelings. They don't know you're upset. Um, maybe you're grieving really hard and someone can't understand where you're coming from. Uh, maybe it's a misunderstanding with a brother or sister at church. Um, have you guys been in a place where emotions create conflict? Yeah. I mean, we all have, right? Um, so what do we do when emotions get in the way of a relationship? How do we handle it in a way that honors Christ? Um, we learned in earlier chapters that when we get upset, emotions kind of just like rush to the forefront and sometimes like in a jumbled mess. So the book suggests we follow a script to kind of order our emotions, which I know I said script, but stick with me. It is legitimate. It gives that emotion a minute to step to the front and be dealt with. Um, it's not a natural thing for us to do. So if this is something that you decide would be helpful to you, uh, you might need to practice it several times. I can tell you that from experience. Um, the book outlines three steps, and sometimes these steps need to be um, repeated frequently depending on the course of the conversation. So the main point of today is emotions can be a barrier to connection. Here's a script to follow when that happens. Like, I know that sounds kind of hokey, and I was a little bit, I don't know, really at first, but it really is helpful. So um, just keep an open mind, and we'll talk through the steps, and then you can decide for yourself. So step number one, and you can see it in your notes, is this is what it was like for me. What was it like for you? Two is, so this is what it was like for you. Am I hearing you right? And three is, how can we do this differently? Um, so the rest of our time together, we'll be going through each of these steps and getting a feel for how to handle the times our emotion caused distance between us instead of knit us together. Um, it may be helpful for you to think through a specific time than, um, when emotions caused a separation as we go through these steps. Um, maybe not with, with like just the other person in mind, like they were totally wrong and I wasn't, right? We want to take the log out of our own eye before we take the speck out of our brothers. Um, but it just might help to have something specific in your head as we go through these steps. So step one, this is what it was like for me. What would, was it like for you? I have found that this is the hardest step by far. Um, when something happens, it is not our, it's not my first step to like think really. It's just like a, a knee-jerk reaction for me. And I think it takes a lot of self-control to, to fight that onslaught of emotion that initially happens when you have a conflict, um, typically anger. Um, to choose to de-escalate does not often come natural to us. But thankfully, I think God likes to help us obey him. 
So this is where prayer is absolutely tantamount. And you can think about like what Christy taught us last week. God is there for us. He wants us to call on him. So call on him, right? I do believe that he helps you. If you take a minute and are able to call on him in prayer, he helps you um, handle it in a way that makes him happy. Um, and I wouldn't wait until that moment I also found I don't know, this chapter was really good for me, writing it a couple weeks ago. I've had to practice a lot of it. Pray, (laughs) that sounds bad. My kids are driving me a little crazy. Pray ahead of time. I have found that to be very helpful too. Like I'm not just waiting until the minute when I'm angry. Um, If I'm in prayer ahead of time, like, Lord, when this happens or when something comes next, please help me to calm down and take that step. That has just been really helpful to be in constant prayer over it. So the book says, and I'm quoting, the first step is essentially an invitation to disclose and connect through your own vulnerability. You are leading the way. So we're starting with being vulnerable, which is scary, but it's effective and it's good. So if we go back to Roger and Jean in the car, Roger might say, and I'm just gonna quote the book again because I tried to come up with examples and theirs was better. So he said, When we left the house, I felt like you were angry with me and I didn't want to be criticized. I wanted you to know I was upset, but I was so angry I didn't know what to say, and so I just retreated and got quiet. I'm sorry. I don't want there to be an icy silence between us. I want to be close to you. Can we talk about it? That's pretty great, right? It's pretty great. He starts with what it felt like for him. Um, he didn't sugarcoat how he felt, like, oh, you know, he was honest. He was honest with how he felt, but he didn't do it in, like, an accusatory manner towards Gene. Um, he took responsibility for not knowing how to handle his emotions. He ended with vulnerability and olive branch, um, and then invites her to share how she feels. So when we do that, when we invite someone to share how they feel, um, make sure that you're listening with empathy and sincerity like not just to like sit back and think while they're talking, okay, how am I going to counter that? And this is my next attack and things like that. Not that you guys would ever do that. Um, but to actually listen and try to understand where they're coming from, even if you're upset or you don't agree. Um, it just seems to work better than like, Gene, you were being like super annoying. What was it like for you? That's probably not going to be super effective in the next part. Um, Vulnerability is scary. Uh, It's opening our hearts up to the person that we're in conflict with and then allowing them an opportunity to hurt you. And they sometimes take that opportunity, honestly. Um, But keep trying. I found that like when I repeat step one a little bit um, and continue to repeat, depending on which one I'm talking to, um, (laughs) it does eventually get there. Uh, You just have to kind of put yourself second in this particular type. Um, Another thing is taking part uh, or taking ownership for any part of the disagreement can feel like defeat. And sometimes in an argument, again, depending on who you're talking to, you just really want to win. But when we lean into being competitive instead of valuing the oneness, the pain is deeper and longer. That's understandable. And as a quick disclaimer, I very much believe in everything I'm telling you guys. I am not great at it. I am a sinner who is working some days harder than others to overcome it. Um, I have anger and competitiveness for sure. Um, 
For example, I was in the middle of writing this lesson a couple weeks ago, and one of my children, the one who knows how to push like literally every single button I have, <laughs> just, just started up with me. And I was frustrated. I was working, and I was interrupted by bad behavior, and I totally let that frustration lead the entire interaction. Um, I didn't follow step one like even a little bit. I handled it poorly and then sat back down at my computer to write this lesson and started rereading, you know, where I had been at and then I just had to laugh because I didn't follow this advice at all and it ended terribly. Um, but God is really good at showing me and all of us how much we need him to do anything well and how poorly we do things when we're just relying on our own strength. And I just want to be vulnerable with the fact that I am very, very far from perfect. And I'm working on it. And I'm telling you, through these steps and being in prayer before and during and after the conflict, it really has helped me move from being in a place of being competitive and letting anger lead and wanting to win um, and more into desiring unity and peace and figuring this out in a God-honoring way. Again, I am not perfect at it, but letting, letting prayer lead and letting um, a desire for honoring God lead really has helped a lot. So that's my encouragement to you. Like, I know it's a script, but it's a really good script. It's a really good way to order our emotions and our thoughts. That was just step one. Let's move on to step two. <laughs> I'll not talk as much, I promise. So the next step is the summary step where we say, so this is what it was like for you. Am I hearing you right? Um, this is where we're summarizing from our loved one's perspective in our own words so that the other person feels heard and understood. Um, I think this is a really Christ-like step, actually. We have this unbelievable gift of a high priest who's able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Um, that's in Hebrews 4.15. Um, because he came down and walked in our humanity. So when we remember like how much Christ did for us and gave up to walk in our shoes, I think we can do that one for our loved ones too. We can try to understand where they're coming from. Um, when we're restating the other's position, do so charitably. It establishes credibility, trust, love for the other person, a true desire to understand them. But if there's something false in the other's perspective, it's really hard. Again, speaking from a little life lesson here, it's really hard not to point that out and say, no, you're wrong. And let me tell you why you're wrong in your perspective. Um, the book suggests, which is good, that your summary doesn't need to include an endorsement of their words or an evaluation of their words. You can say, if that's how you heard what I said, I completely understand why you said what you did. I don't want you to feel that way. I'm committed to doing what I can. I care that you feel hurt. That's pretty good, isn't it? Um, we aren't necessarily agreeing if it truly is an incorrect view, but we're showing that we genuinely care about the person's experience. Um, and finishing the step with the question, am I hearing you right? It just signals that you really wanna understand the other person. Um, and I think that goes a long way when you're in a discussion. And then the final step is how can we do this differently? So let's go back to Roger and Jean. 
Let's suppose they followed the steps. Jean heard Roger's frustration about running late. She owns how she contributed to that. Roger hears how his anger and aggressive driving was scary and frustrating to Jean. And both acknowledge their sin, repent, and ask for forgiveness. Yay. Peace restored. Um, I mean, I don't know. When I get to that part, sometimes in conflicts that I've had, that's where I would end, right? We made it through. We love each other. Let's go get some dinner and and move on. Um, and I was surprised that the book challenged that notion. And it's it's right. It's rightfully so. It posits that love and wisdom require us to look ahead. Um, and see how can we make this less likely to happen again between us. So I found that since you've just looked at and examined the emotions and the events surrounding the conflict, and then you've worked through them with a lot of patience and love, and then you came to a place of forgiveness and peace, you're able to identify when the same issue comes again, and you're just better prepared to handle it because you're in a place where you've worked through it well. Um, and again, that just takes prayer, right? We can't do anything without God. And prayer plus diligent practice can equal less division in the body when our emotions cause this disruption. Um, I don't think there's a lot of like answers for this particular step. I think it depends on each situation. Um, but just continue to pray, continue to practice. And when you work these things out well, and keep an eye out for when it could potentially be coming again, it really does help. Um, there are just a couple of side notes from this chapter. There's a couple pages on anger and the dangers of letting anger like double down on being defensive. So focusing on the sense that we're in the right and the other person is wrong, even if that's sometimes true, is harmful and it just causes further division. But there is a place for righteous anger an anger that says, this like is not okay, this is really wrong. That kind of anger gives us courage to stop like destructive interactions. That's a good thing. Um, this book has an enti entire chapter on anger, chapter 14. Like I highlighted like the entire thing. It is really, really good. Um, so I'll let whoever teaches that chapter talk more about it, but be excited for it. It is a good chapter, and I think you guys will learn a lot. Um, and then the other side note about this chapter was to watch your nonverbal communication. Um, a lot of an argument can come from how something is said, rather than what is actually said. So just be cognizant of it. Um, I found myself like this more, you know, leaning back kind of scowling sometimes. And like when you start thinking through it and trying to be um, intentional about it, it does matter. It matters. So they say have a peaceable tone, a kind and relaxed face. I don't think you need to be like beaming at them. That's disingenuous. <laughs> but maybe not pinched or scowl. I don't know. Just be normal. Um, this is none of this is in my notes. Um, an open posture, not one closed off, right? Open, um, they suggest even sitting maybe, um, leaning forward and listening. It really helps. And when you're being like careful about yourself, you're also 
it just puts you in a better frame of mind too. They can receive you easier, you can be more open to them. I just think being intentional is important in all aspects. So let's try another example argument and we'll walk through the script with it and we'll get a little bit more practice, okay? So here's the scenario. A teenage girl banged through the door at the end of her school day, dropping her book bag and jacket wherever she happened to have them land and headed immediately to the snack cabinet. Mom, who is currently working hard to prep a meal for the family, greeted her and then asked her not to eat a snack right now so she can eat dinner. Also, can she pick up her stuff she dropped? Daughter whirls around and screams, get off my back, I just want to relax, and storms upstairs. Mom follows after, furious at being spoken to like that and yells that she's grounded from her phone. Emotions are high, there are several swirling around, and they are definitely causing division in the relationship. So, what's step one? On your notes. <laughs> hey, yes, that's not what I was looking for, but that's right. Good job, Kayla. Yes. Pray. Absolutely. That will come in there, though. Very good. Um, <laughs> I didn't write any of this from personal experience. It's fine. Um, this has been a very humbling chapter for me. Um, it was, this is what it was like for me. What was it like for you, right? Um, so mom goes upstairs after they have both cooled off and mom has a chance to pray, right, Kayla? And consider which emotion she's feeling and why. Like, we're not throwing away the rest of this book. Like, all of that stuff is feeding into this. It's looking at your emotions. It's figuring out your motivations. It's all of that things um, as well. But this often takes a minute. Um, so once you've done that, she's cooled down, she sat down on her daughter's bed and then says, when you came home, I was tired from picking up the house all day and making dinner. When you came in and threw your stuff down and yelled at me, I was hurt, felt disrespected, and reacted with anger. I don't want there to be anger or disobedience between us. Can we talk about it? I would like to hear what it was like for you. The daughter explains that she had a hard day, her friends were cruel, her test was hard, and she just wanted to be left alone. Does that sound about right? So step two, as I'm sure you all know, is, so this is what it was like for you. Am I hearing you right? So mom says, if I'm understanding you correctly, you have several different things, difficult things happened to you today, and you were angry and sad before you even walked in the door that caused you to snap at me in anger. Is that right? The daughter affirms and expounds on a couple issues of the day and why she felt so upset. Um, step three is how can we do this differently or this must change. Um, a parent-child relationship it is a different dynamic than say like a marriage partnership. There was sin on both sides. The mom still needs to admit her sin of anger but she doesn't sacrifice truth or obedience for the sake of peace, if that makes sense. Um, there still needs to be a change in behavior of them both, especially the daughter, and that does need to be addressed. So, but when there's been like a vulnerable and sweet dialogue, both parties have felt like they've been heard and understood, then I feel like correction from a parent is often received better. So it might sound like mom saying, I apologize for my anger. I felt tired and unappreciated, but instead of explaining these things, I snapped back at you. That was wrong. I'm sorry. I would appreciate an apology from you as well. 
I understand that when you've had a hard day, you don't like to be told what to do, but as your mother, it's important that you treat me with respect and obedience. How can we make sure that the next time one of us has had a bad day, we don't take it out on each other? So like this conversation does sound a little bit like it came from Stepford. I mean, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Often, like real life and real teenagers, while I do not have them yet, I feel as though this is not going to go that smoothly necessarily. Or, um, and again, if, if that it doesn't apply to you, a coworker, a spouse, a friend, um, I think as you learn to walk through the script, a lot of times, again, you'll have to repeat different steps because someone isn't maybe cooperative or hasn't had enough time to think through their emotions or cool down, um, I think that's okay. If you could just establish that habit and have a desire to have a conversation that pleases the Lord instead of just knee-jerk emotion, um, I think that becomes more of the expectation as you continue to practice it. So I really do believe that the ideas presented in the book can help keep us together, knit us together, um, more than they tear us apart. So finally, I just want to remind you that when our emotions are causing division of any kind, it's important to lead with vulnerability and an actual desire, not just a pretend desire, but an actual desire of reconciliation and love. Um, learn to talk about your fear, embarrassment, or hurt openly with the person you're in conflict with. Um, it helps me to remember that when God showed his love for his people, he was rejected. He came to them through his son, and he was rejected again. He responded with love and mercy and then died on the cross to save the very people who continued to hurt him and reject him. He had the ultimate reason to feel frustration and defensiveness, but instead he continues to move forward and towards us in love and unity and mercy. So. He loved us so much that he sent his only son into the world to save us from our sin. So it just helps me remember that I can die to my desire to win an argument for any cost for the sake of the one who died for us. Does that make sense? He's, you know, a really good example in all things. It's crazy. Um, so the next time you come into a conflict with a member of your body, and emotions are causing, you know, difference between you two, try to attempt those steps because I genuinely believe when we're trying to honor God, that doesn't go unseen. Nothing goes unseen, but I think he honors that. And then I'll just close with a quote from the book that sums it all up. He says, our best relational moments, the ones we will look back upon with fondness as turning points and bonding moments with our loved ones, will be the times when we enter difficult emotional conflict by leading with vulnerability, empathy, following through with charity and patience, and letting them all frame legitimate concerns. So, I hope you don't have to practice it today, but we're all sinful humans walking around together, so you may very well have an opportunity, um, but just don't forget to ask God for help, because He does. He helps you. So. Like I stated, I don't know where the groups are. I know my group is back there, so. I'll be on this side. Okay. And how many people do we have? Do we want to just do two groups? What do you think? Or is that too big? That's fine. Is that 12, 13 people? Okay. Probably just two groups. That's fine. Two groups? Okay. Yeah.
Yeah, I'll be back there and Christy will be here. Okay, thanks. <laughs>